0: Hey, faithful listener, welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of Judges. Happy Friday, everybody. I hope you're ready to delve into some scripture today because we're going to be discussing Judges 18. And man, Judges just gets so interesting from here on out. I know I keep saying that, but. It's about to get very, very weird. So we're going to read verses 11 through 21 today out of the W.E.B. But as always, feel free to grab the version of the Bible that you prefer to read out of. And also your cup of coffee or for you crazy tea drinkers out there, a cup of tea. I haven't made fun of tea drinkers in a while, so I need to make fun of them again. I feel the same way towards tea drinkers and towards tea As I've always felt, I just want to let you guys know, even though I haven't been ribbing you for a while, I still just don't understand tea. I never will understand tea. I drink it sometimes at night or when I feel sick, but that is basically the only times I really drink tea. Coffee is just the preferred and superior beverage of the two in my mind. (laughs) But of course, always tell me what kind of tea you prefer if you are one of the crazy tea drinkers that listens to the Bible explain. Anyway, grab your hot beverage of choice this morning and let's read some scripture and enjoy this together. The family of the Danites set out from Zorah and Eshtol with 600 men armed with weapons of war. They went up and encamped in Kiriath-Jerim in Judah. Therefore, they call that place Mahana-Dan to this day. Behold, it is behind Kiriath-Jerim. They passed from there to the hill country of Ephraim and came to the house of Micah. Then the five men who went to spy out the country of Laish answered and said to their brothers, Do you know that there in these houses is an ephod and a teraphim and a carved image and a molten image? Now therefore, consider what you have to do. They went over there and came to the house of the young Levite man, even to the house of Micah, and asked him how he was doing. The 600 men armed with their weapons of war, who were of the children of Dan, stood by the entrance of the gate. The five men who went to spy out the land went up and came in there and took the engraved image, the ephod, the teraphim, and the molten image. And the priest stood by the entrance of the gate with 600 men armed with weapons of war. When these went into Micah's house and took the engraved image, the ephod, the teraphim, and the molten image, the priest said to them, what are you doing? They said to him, hold your peace and put your hand over your mouth and go with us. Be a father and a priest to us. Is it better for you to be a priest to this house of one man or to be priest to a tribe and a family in Israel? The priest's heart was glad and he took the ephod, the teraphim and the engraved image and he went with the people. So they turned and departed and put the little ones, the livestock and the goods before them. If you haven't listened to the past couple episodes, I highly recommend that you go back and listen to them because they're very important for understanding what is going on today. There's this guy named Micah. He's got this backyard temple. And meanwhile, the Danites, the tribe of Dan, haven't taken their inheritance yet, even though they were supposed to like 500 years ago. They're kind of just living in Ephraim, sort of not really uh, a part of the tribe and didn't really have land of their own either. Because when the Danites at the very beginning of Judges, in Judges chapter one or two, went in and tried to take their part of the inheritance, the Canaanites fully drove out the Danites and forced them to live in the hill country of Ephraim. So the Danites now, 500 years later, are upset about this, but still don't want to try to retake their land because they're scared of the Canaanites who live in that area. So they're like, you know what? We're not going to take that land. We don't really want what God told us to take and what God already ordained for us to take. We're going to go find something somewhere else. So five men from Dan go to spy out the land is what it says. Rather, they go out to try to find better land for themselves than what God ordained for them. So nothing that Dan, the tribe of Dan, is doing right now is good. They shouldn't have been doing any of this, but that's what they're doing. While they're going out to spy some land out, they come to this house of Micah. And remember, Micah is the guy with the temple in his backyard. And it turns out that the five men knew the Levite priest who was a part of that temple. Now, this Levite priest wasn't ordained by God in any way because this temple was like a house of worshiping idols, not God. But this Levite priest was kind of like living there and Micah hired him to be the priest because Micah said in Judges chapter 17, he was like, if I hire a Levite as my priest, God is truly going to bless me. Like Yahweh God is really going to bless me in my endeavors. So you can see that Yahweh was only looked at as not somebody to worship, but as a superstitious kind of legend or something along those lines. The the Israelite people at this time period didn't really think much of Yahweh at all. And that's why it says at the very beginning of Judges 18, that in those days, Israel had no king. And that's because Israel totally rejected Yahweh as their king. So this is shown in, in multiple ways already with this story about how Micah, this ordinary rich man... Only thinks of Yahweh as a genie in the sky, a superstition. So the five men, where we left off last time, they go to Micah's house and they somehow knew the Levite priest. They somehow knew him from maybe when the Levite was traveling around. He just came across some of them at some point in time. They knew him from somewhere. So they're talking to him. They're like, How did you come here? Whatever. And so the Levite tells them, oh, I came here as a priest and Micah hired me to be the priest of his backyard temple. After all this happens, the five men from the tribe of Dan, they leave the next morning and they go and travel about 100 miles north to this area called Laish. Okay, and this was outside of Israel's territory. But the Danites, the five men, look at this area and they're like, it's beautiful. It's green. It's lush. There's lots of, you know produce going on in this area and the people aren't secure. You know, they are independent. They don't have friendships with the other nations. We can totally take this land. So then they go back home and talk to the other members of the tribe of Dan. They're like, let's go up to Laish outside of Israel's borders and let's take this land because these people are um, totally not protected. And so now we come to the portion we read today. The family of the Danites set out from Zorah and Eshtal with 600 men armed with weapons of war. So there's only 600 people in the tribe of Dan that it looks like are able to fight. So they go over, they're traveling around, they encamp in this area called Kiriath-Jerim. And it also says that they passed from there to the hill country of Ephraim and they came to the house of Micah. So they're now back at this Micah guy's house. And I don't know if this Micah guy was super like a popular guy back at this time, because somehow everybody just comes to his house. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was just because he was very well off, very rich, wealthy in the area, and people just knew about him and and he was welcoming to, uh, you know, travelers or something. I don't know. But they come to the house again. And the five men who had originally stayed there was like, hey, you know, this guy Micah, He's got a temple in his backyard with these objects of worship, you know, so these objects of worship are clearly doing good things for Micah because, I mean, he's well off or whatever. So we better steal those idols that he has. And so that's what they do. In verse 15, it says they went over there and came to the house of the young Levite man and even to the house of Micah and asked him how he was doing. So they pretend that. To be friendly, first and foremost, before they go and steal all these gods. So they pretend that they're going to visit this Levite guy that they barely know. And so they come to the Levite's house because the Levite would have had his own house basically on Micah's property. And so they're like chatting with the Levite. They're like, how you doing? You know, we just we haven't seen you in a while. And so everybody thinks everybody's being friendly. And during this time, the 600 armed men go and stand in the gate blocking off the entrance to the entrance into or out of Micah's home. And don't forget, every single person here is an Israelite. (laughs) It's not like these were warring states. These people should have all been on the same page. And yet they weren't. They're like warring against each other. There's like feudalism going on right now. This is how far away from God everybody was. And it says, The five men who went to spy out the land went up when everything got in order. And the 600 men were standing outside the gate. The five men get up and leave the Levites' house and go and steal. It says they took the engraved image, the ephod, the teraphim, and the molten image. And the priest stood by the entrance of the gate with the 600 men armed with weapons of war. So the Levites... I don't know exactly what's happening with this guy. I don't know if he got kidnapped. It doesn't really sound like it at this point. Maybe he did. No, I don't think he did. Because if you look at it in verse 17, and the priest stood by the entrance of the gate with the 600 men armed with weapons of war, it kind of looks like he's there by choice. I don't know what he's doing. (laughs) So it says that... uh, When the five men who stole the idols come back out, it says the priest asks them, what are you doing? So the priest's like, don't steal that stuff. What are you doing? And so now they begin to threaten the Levite. They're just like, shut your mouth, basically. If you don't shut your mouth, we're going to attack you, is what they say. They said, put your hand over your mouth and go with us. And then they're like, hey, you know, while you're going with us, You can be a father and a priest to us. So is it better for you to stay here with this one guy who's hiring you or to come be a priest for us, for our entire tribe as we go up to Laish and take that land? Why don't you just come be our priest is what they say. Now, here's the thing. It says in verse 20, the priest's heart was glad. (laughs) So, So that's where you see how this priest, first and foremost, had no part being a priest. God was the one who ordained the priests. God was the one who chose the priests. And not every Levite could be a priest. There was a lot of rules for the priesthood. Micah was really wrong In choosing this guy off the street to be his priest. Well, Micah was wrong in many ways. Micah was wrong completely for having a temple of idols. And on top of that, he was wrong for taking a Levite off the street to become his priest. And for thinking that some reason, if he had a Levite in his home, that he would be blessed by Yahweh for all the sin that is going on in Micah's home. But now we see that that is absolutely wrong because the Levite gets a better offer, and his heart is glad. So he's moving up in the world, is what this Levite thinks. He's moving up from just being a priest of one home to now being the priest of an entire nation. You can kind of see how this priest is just a scam artist. (laughs) Because from the very beginning, he's just a shady dude. Somehow he finds himself at Micah's home, this very rich man, somehow... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I mean, he, he's just a scam artist. And so he didn't care about Micah. He didn't care about Micah's family. He didn't care about Micah's wealth because a lot of wealth actually went into the, the graven images and stuff. Don't forget that the one graven image that Micah's mom had made was 200 shekels of silver. That would have been like 20 years worth of wages. So these molten images did carry like monetary value now granted that didn't really matter because they were graven images and they were garbage to begin with because they caused israel to sin every single time israel fell into idolatry like this something terrible ends up happening because they were anti-god and people who live apart from god are miserable i was just talking to my mom about this last night actually We were talking about how people who live their lives totally for themselves end up being some of the saddest, most oppressed people that we know. Because God is not a part of their lives at all. The only thing they're living for is self. That's the only thing that they are trying to satisfy is themselves. And that's just a sad Lifestyle because there's no purpose outside of that. And self can't fulfill. And self certainly cannot attain heaven. The only way we can attain heaven is through a relationship with God, the Father, and with Jesus, the Son. Any other pathway leads to spiritual death and purposelessness and misery and depression. Whenever Israel falls into idolatry, and ignoring Yahweh that is when problems start to happen because the only thing they're trying to satisfy is themselves and that's what idol worship really is if you look at if you look at it because when a person makes an image to worship they're assigning value to that image and they're assigning like morality to that image themselves so they can just say like oh you know this image that i just made Really wants me to go cheat on my spouse with like a younger person. <laughs> or this image I just made really wants me to drink to excess or watch pornography or whatever else kind of vice, vices we find ourselves in. And sometimes people mistake those vices that they find themselves in as something good. But in the end, the vices always end up being so bad for you and and just leads to nothing but misery. And Micah made these images. That's what that's what it says here. The Danites who stole these images were like, yeah, Micah made these images and clearly these images have been blessing Micah, you know, cuz of wealth and that levite is there and so we want those images for us because maybe they'll give us the same thing. And so that's why these Danites stole these images and also stole well kind of stole the young priest guy and so the priest gets very excited and so he's like great offer you know I'm going to come be your guys priest and make so much more money being your priest so it says that he uh, was very glad and he took the ephod (laughs) the teraphim and the engraved image and went with the people so they turned and departed and put the little ones the livestock and the goods before them so why would they do that they put The goods that they stole, along with all the civilians and the sheep and whatever else they had at the very front. And then the armed men were at the back. They did that because if Micah went to go confront the Danites, he would be met with the armed men at the very back. So that's why they did this. So that they could protect the idols that they stole from Micah's home. And Micah wouldn't be able to get them back if they put them at the the very front. So that's where we're leaving off today. And we'll finish up this story on Monday. We'll be finishing up Judges chapter 18. But before I end this episode, the last thing I want to say is that God is not just a superstition to us, to, to Christians. Even though throughout the years, God has been looked at as like some genie in the sky. That's not who he is. He is the only one that can grant us true eternal salvation. That is who he is. And so that's why we Christians worship God and have friendship with God. I just read in 1 John chapter 2, 24 through 25 the other day, it says, you must remain faithful to what you've been taught from the beginning. If you do, you will remain in fellowship with the son and with the father. And in this fellowship, we enjoy the eternal life he has promised us. So that is why we worship God, is to remain in fellowship with him. And uh, he grants us eternal life. It's really amazing. Well, anyway, faithful listeners, I will see you all on Monday to finish up this chapter. But I hope that you have a fantastic weekend. And as always, happy listening and God bless.